Isn't it amazing when two people find love? The shared interests, the romance, the excitement of a budding relationship. But what happens when both of these people share less than healthy hobbies? In the case of one couple from Hoxter, Germany, it would be the demise of love for them and their victims. I'm Christina. And I'm Kristen. And today on The Real Crime Podcast, we will be covering the case of Wilfred and Angelica Wagner and the Hoxter House of Horrors. suggestion two yes from our loyal german listener and it actually led us into researching next week's episode so all of that is super fun which is one that uh kristen had suggested like two years ago and then we like never actually did back when things were new and fresh for us so So we're gonna have to go back and do more (laughs) research on that one I I already did, and I'm a disturbed, I'm a more disturbed human being now than I was, so. I'll just have to give myself a little refresher. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, been, been a while. Oh, it's a rough one. It's a rough one, to say the least. So I am going to be honest about this case. This case is about two truly twisted fucks, and honestly, it's going to be brutal. So if you're not cool with listening about torture today, maybe check out one of our other awesome episodes instead. I'm also going to say that one of the biggest crimes in history, in all of history, is probably Angelica's face. So wow. just mentally prepare for that. But I digress. So let's uh, let's start with uh, Willie, shall we? So he was a swell guy. In fact, he has a history of violence. You see, in 1995, he was convicted and jailed for abusing his then wife. He spent almost three years behind bars for assault, false imprisonment, and coercion. Then he gets out of prison and meets the girl of his dreams and my nightmares, Angelica. Wow. I know. Oh, she's she's going to keep saying wow. Wow. She's a really comments. unattractive person and she's a horrible person. So I enjoy she's, making fun yeah, of her. She's awful. So. She's awful. So it's, it's okay. okay. It's okay. <laughs> so the pair married in 1999. I mean, it was Y2K. The world was ending. I get it. Like, just go for it. Right. Then they actually divorced in 2013. So just, you know, what, 14 years later, 13 years later, 12 years later? I don't know. I can't math right now. It's too early in the morning and I haven't had coffee. 13 to 14, depending on when they got married. When they got married. Okay, cool. 13 to 14 years later. So interestingly enough, looks like Willie married someone else almost immediately after their divorce in 2013. But she would be at least one of the victims the pair would share. So Angelica and Wilfred 
though they were divorced, appeared to have stayed in touch. And together, they tortured, imprisoned, and murdered Wilfred's new 33-year-old wife. Her body would then be dismembered and set into a deep freezer, then later burned in the fireplace of the home the two shared. Oh, and I just want to make a note that while that body was in the deep freezer, yes, Angelica, or I also heard an actual German person pronounce her name. And it's not Angelica, yeah. Angelica. Angelica? Okay. I don't like the sound of it. kind of hurts my ears. Okay. It reminds me of her face. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) while whilst said body was in the deep freezer, Angelica specifically positioned the body like further back in the freezer so that she could fit a pizza, like a frozen pizza in there and rest it on the body's, not the body, the, the, we have her name. I, I, I could not find her name. Okay. I feel like I want to use her name because she's a person. I know. But. I know. But it's, it's, I could not find her name, unfortunately. And I did search for it. It, um, I think they were doing it to protect the victims, if name, I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah. I guess they do that in, 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 in some places. Yeah. In the United States. Where they just broadcast everything. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Anyway. So, um, they rested it so she could rest the pizza on top of her face. In the deep freezer after dismembering. Wow. Now it's my turn to wow. Yeah. Yep. Wow. (sighs) We we don't like this lady. No. So at this point, Will and Angelica were again dating. Um, I just... Angelica. Angelica. (laughs) Angelica. I don't know. I'm putting the emphasis everywhere. Let's just stick with Angelica. Angelica. Exactly. I said it like because I saw we're it. American and we are going to mispronounce everything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty sure Hoxter isn't pronounced Hoxter, but I didn't hear it pronounced, so I don't know. My bad. I'm sorry, Germany. Yeah, I did hear it pronounced. It sounds very similar, like enough. Okay, we can okay. get away with saying it. Cool. All I right, think. we're trying. We are trying. I swear. So here they are finding those shared hobbies. I guess. Suppose you know. What are you gonna do? So. Will and Angelica take the ashes of this now burned uh, ex-wife and they go for a ride and they dump her ashes along the village road and essentially give her family no ability to ever find a sense of closure, which is disgusting to me. Okay, so not only did they just murder this person, they, like Wilfred was so manipulative that well also angelica they yeah. put out like ads to find a person for them to torture have, well that's yeah. how they yeah and so i even though they were divorced they're still living together and they're still looking for like an another person to come into their marriage kind of because um they, they needed a torture victim right they so, needed someone to victimize absolutely angelica actually took this woman's phone and was texting with her mother the whole time that she had her like they didn't come up. I mean, this woman wasn't discovered that she was dead until like two years later, one and a half years later. And the mother actually found out from seeing her daughter's husband because she married Will for it. Right. Um, on the TV arrested for torture, for torture and murder. And she called like a family friend who was a cop and was like, Hey, uh, can you give me more information about this? Holy. And he was the one that had to tell her that her daughter had been dead, dead. for over a year and a half and she had been texting with 
the the, the girlfriend basically yeah the ex-wife and girlfriend so terrible i can't <clears throat> yeah it's it's that's why like i just went hard on these people because i just don't even i can't even wrap my head around just being this cruel for the sake of being this cruel so unfortunately this woman um was not their first attack However, it kind of seems like whether married or divorced or dating, the, the two kept coming back together and luring in these unsuspecting victims, like Kristen was saying. So between 2011 and 2012, the pair held a woman against her will and tortured her until they literally just released her. She was so traumatized and terrified that she refused to go to the police until she had learned that the pair was actually in custody. So I had read that they had actually made her sign a document that said that she Like a non-disclosure? That, no, that she allowed them to do these things to her. Oh, my God. And that she wouldn't go to the police. Or if she ever had gone to the police, they had this proof Crazy. saying that she was okay with it basically oh my god so that like, was like a, a um term of her release but at the same time it's one of those things it's like i would still go straight to the police and, and yeah. tell them oh and they made me they forced me into signing this document you know i mean and it was how i'm sitting I'm sure here she was just so traumatized oh my she god was like, ah, i just want to be alone yeah no it's insane and I'm just thinking, too, like, from her perspective, like, can you imagine you're sitting on the sofa, you're watching the news, and then the couple that, like, held you captive, they tore out her hair, they starved her, they beat her, was just up on the te- the, the TV screen, and all of a sudden, I almost said television, yeah, I um, they just popped up on the TV screen, and all of a sudden, they're just, like, they've been captured. Like, there must be an indescribable sense of relief. I'm sure there was a lot of different emotions going on with her because I would also feel some sort of guilt for not going to the police. Sooner. Like, knowing that other people were victimized. I mean, obviously not her fault at all. Of course not. But, but, I mean, I'm sure if that were me, I would probably feel that oh i i definitely would i definitely would like in my head i'd be like oh i could have stopped this so that's just like more torture for her to have to endure the level of therapy like doesn't even exist yet it honestly doesn't so how does a couple like this well one even come together but then two locate their victims well wilfred would actually post personal ads i think one of them was like lonely farmers sort of thing like it was a lonely farmers ad and i i yeah, kind of love that in its own weird way that there it exists. Well, like to be fair, I guess they did have some farm animals. Okay, okay, that that, that is mean, fair. That's they fair. also sure. tortured their lady friends by stripping them down in the freezing cold and having them stay in the pig pen. You know, but they had the animals, right? That's fair. That's and I don't fair. think they tortured the animals. Although I don't think so. Angelica, I read in her childhood. Did torture animals. So of course she did. Of course she did. Kind of paves the way for Lord have mercy. human torture, I guess. Ugh. So the women would respond to these personal ads. And then once they finally made it into the shared home, later known as the House of Horrors, they would be trapped by Will and Angelica and essentially be forced into a level of servitude. This was for... I'm assuming a level of sexual gratification and it 
doesn't actually state in any of the articles that I found that the women were assaulted sexually, but many of them are were like they were translated from German into English. So there could be a certain extent that was kind of lost in translation yeah. as well. And um, so, yeah, it's it's definitely one of these circumstances where they were forced to do like weird labor and they were beaten and and just just tortured and of course a sadist is going to get sexual pleasure from that act alone without anything that the non-sadist would consider a sexual gratification or a sexual act so according to trial data what did happen is that the women they captured were beaten they were strangled and burned they were covered in boiling water which was actually something that took me back to the Michelle Blair case. Yeah. We've done a lot of torture this year. Like maybe we skip that for next year. I was going to say, like, I feel like it's been a running theme because like literally next week is torture as well. And these women were also subjected to electric shocks, locks of hair. So chunks of hair just being ripped out of their scalps and being pepper sprayed, which so I've seen like videos of military members. So Mm -hmm. one of my really good friends was in the army and she had to be pepper sprayed because it's like you have to know what you're about to put onto another person. And should you ever get pepper sprayed, you need to know like how to react to it and what to do sort of thing. And it's one of those things that it looks more painful than I could ever imagine. In addition to that, it's something that lingers. So you figure it's in the air, it's on their hands, it's on their eyes. They can't even like rub their eyes for any sort of sense of relief. They can't rinse them with water. Like they're just stewing in pepper spray. So at work, we actually get a few people coming in because they've they been had pepper spray. Oh, like the training yeah. and stuff. We get a lot of Jesus. police officers. Yes, yes. Um, because, you know, they have to have a vision. Right, like exactly. Okay every year yeah so we get a few of them that come in and their eyes are just not ever going to be okay again because of the pepper spray it does some no shit i didn't know it yeah no i didn't know it was like lasting damage like that i mean it depends on i'm sure the eye you do right after okay that's fair that's fair like if you're sitting there with it on your hands and rubbing it into your eye don't do that don't do that just flush it flush it lots of cool cool water but like if you're actually in the situation where you're being pepper sprayed yeah not like a safe like quote-unquote safe right 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 right. just testing it out exactly um you can't necessarily immediately flush your eyes out and wash your hands and all that super fair no that's that's very factual absolutely so yeah uh, that that part like really got uh, that really got to me because i'm a person who already wants to like pluck her eyes out during allergy season, rinse them off and then put them back in. And so when it came to Mm -hmm. reading about that, I was just like, sweet Jesus, I can't even imagine being like locked in a basement and just if anybody's ever like cut a jalapeno, you know what I mean? And then touch something that they're not supposed to. And that burn just stays forever. Like so bad, so bad. Because not all of their victims would end up coming forward or would end up deceased, basically. Um, It's hard to know exactly what their total number of victims was. 
What we do know is that in 2016, the couple was driving along the road with a 41-year-old victim in the backseat, nearly unconscious. The car broke down and they were forced to call for help. There were witnesses, and so they were basically forced to call in an ambulance because clearly the victim was badly injured and suffering from severe head trauma. She actually would later end up dying in the hospital once she was brought there. When the hospital brought her in, it obviously raised suspicion. I mean, these were not normal head traumas. It's not like someone took a spill and they were taking her to the hospital, you know, Um, and the police were involved. And that's basically when the plan for this pair unraveled. They each immediately turned on each other, placing blame on the other one. But they were no match for the justice system, and they would soon see their day in court. And also, they filmed almost all of the torture. Okay, exactly. So this week and next week, I love it when these torturers, these these evildoers, film everything, and then... They try to deny it, and then the police are like, right, right, right. But we found this VHS tape, and it's literally a video of you torturing someone. And they always try to claim that it was completely consensual, and that the person in the video who has now come forward and said they were assaulted in some way and tortured and beaten and has the bruises to prove it, is like, yeah, no, I didn't uh, approve of that. It's We've only had one case where it was consensual. Which one was that? The cannibal case. That's right. Super consensual. Oh, my God. That's right. Consensual homicide. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's the weirdest thing. I still I was like, oh, my God, who 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 asked for that? So, (laughs) whoa. So there was at this point a public outcry uh, for major, major punishment. Prosecutors sought life imprisonment, which we learned from Fritz Honka, our last week's episode, isn't that common. After a two-year trial, the couple would get, for Angelica, a 13-year sentence in prison, and for Wilfred, an 11-year psychiatric stay. This makes no sense for me. No. I just don't understand. Can someone please explain the the German German justice system? Yes. Yeah. But I also read that the max sentence, like a quote-unquote life sentence in Germany, is just 25 years. So, like, if you're 25, you're only 50 when you're getting out. Yeah. I don't know. Well, so here's the other thing. I have to wonder if German prisons are less focused on the the punishment route that ours are and and more focused on reform. And in that case, like, yeah, 13 years of reform. I'm guessing you could come out a somewhat changed person or... Whereas ours, like... (laughs) You go in and you come out worse than you Exactly. (laughs) Like, you're going to come out a better... a better criminal than you were going in. Right. In the U.S., jail is pretty much a school for Exactly. It's basically a a great place to make connections with other criminals (laughs) and to learn how to commit new crimes and better crimes. Um, Very, very little reform. Although I've heard that uh, with commissary dollars, you can make some really great meals with like some of the snacks and foods and stuff. So people do get a chance to get creative. Yeah, you can also make... Uh, not just meals, but like um, shanks and no, no well, I was th- I'm thinking more on the lo- along the drug line, but oh. like they 
pretend they're swallowing their pills, like the ones that get them for anxiety. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah, they yeah, save yeah. them And then they switch, like they trade for commissary items. No kidding. And then once they get a bunch of different drugs, they smash them all up along with Jolly Ranchers and some other candies and they make a little paste out of it. And then they pass it around and everyone gets to try it. And it's called Whippets. Oh, sweet Jesus. I've been watching a lot of jail like there's a show called jailbirds oh my god and then there's a show called 60 days in and oh i've been god. watching that i can't i can't pull myself away from it oh my god that's crazy and i you never believe, want to go to jail no but you better believe that i would be trading all of my anxiety medications for doritos all the time <laughs> I, I would be like let's do this come on it'll be a good time yeah i mean i would definitely be making some trades yeah i'd make some trades for sure i don't think it would be doritos but maybe cup of noodles Oh, cup of noodles is tasty. Too salty, though. I mean, like, who cares at that point? I know. That's fair. That's fair. You're in prison. (laughs) You can work out any time you want. Not in jail. I can't can't work out myself. No, jail. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess you can work out, but the cells are a lot. Jail is so different than prison. I'm learning so much on these shows. God. (laughs) I'm going to have to start tuning in. We've really gone off yeah. topic oh, here. We said okay. we weren't going to. Let, let's go back. Let's go back. So Wilfred has an 11-year psychiatric stay. So this was 2018 when all of this occurred. So in 2029, and it's currently 2023, so I'll let you do the math on that, our buddy's going to be released. And he offended multiple times already. So that's really strange. Yeah, I don't really think that he's going to have any sort of reform I don't know. um, Based on his first time around. Yeah, absolutely. And I really need to know if they have some sort of like hardcore restraint system to keep the two of them apart. Because I feel like if they both get out, you know, respectively, what, 2029 and then like 2031 sort of thing, they will have the ability to like get back together and continue doing what they were doing unless something has changed. I I just don't know. I just don't understand how there's enough therapy to fix them. Um, Something else that I found really interesting is that uh, essentially Wilfred said, I think that it's going to be really good for me to go to the psychiatric ward because I really don't know what right from wrong. And I mean, to be fair, he has a, Really, really, really low IQ. Yeah. I don't remember what it was, but it was like below sixty. Oh shit! Whereas she is like highly above average. Yeah, and she was also pleased with her sentence because she only got thirteen years. Uh, she hugged her process. Like she hugged her 25. lawyer. Also, she's probably up for parole at some point. Usually, I- when you're sentenced to. 13 or 11, I, I don't know about psychiatric state, but but mm-hmm. in a prison, when you're sentenced to 13 years, usually like after a certain amount of time, you can like get you're eligible for good behavior for and stuff like that. Right. I wonder if it's different in Germany just because um, they uh, they do have such shorter sentences than if we do. If anyone knows, please let us know. I am very curious. Yeah. No, I'd be I'd be super curious, too. So as for the house that the two shared together where all of this occurred, interestingly enough, it was actually purchased pretty much sight unseen by a Scottish man named Dave McLeod for like dirt cheap, way under market value in 2016. And as Kristen mentioned, there was some acreage and like farmland area and stuff. So after this couple was apprehended, they auctioned it off and fairly quickly after too. 
So he told everyone that when he purchased this property, this is Dave McLeod, that he was going to open a battered women's shelter in the space. But instead, he opened a massive cannabis farm and then he got arrested and was fined a whole lot. I don't think he went to prison, but he was definitely fined hardcore because it's not legal to grow. Maybe we should just burn this property down. So, interestingly enough, according to our wonderful listener, who is boots on the ground for this one, the village of Hoxter actually tore down the home last year. Good call. Uh, Good call. It was a place that people had gone to gawk for years, so clearly it's for the best. And I also found a really neat article called My Neighbor the Sadist that is written from someone local and shares what it was like to live near the home, which I'm linking in the show notes. So you can check that out. Interesting. Very much so. Very much so. So that was our case on the Hoxter House of Horrors. And thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked this one, you'll definitely like next week's because there is some interesting reference and similarity for sure. Yes. And before we go, I did want to just mention... I know we post on social media, but we have some updates on the Danny Masterson case. Um, yes. We're actually a little, by the time this airs, we're a little far behind on that. But That's all right. That's <laughs> I'm sure right. the whole world knows by now. Exactly. But um, he got 30 years. Yay. And uh, Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher wrote to the judge, along with a bunch of other celebrities, yeah. um, on be- his behalf before he was sentenced. So now the world is shunning all of them. Yeah, it's uh, actually, what was it? Um, Ashton Kutcher stepped down. Uh, as of recording, it was yesterday from uh, the sexual violence program that he founded, essentially. So well, now there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot, a lot of, of spotlight on him from the way he was treating Mila Kunis back when he was 20 years old and she was 14 yeah. on the set. And on top of that, there's, I guess, a lot of question in regards to even just his involvement in child c- trafficking and like what they're doing that is positive, but all of the things that their program has kind of brought up that are actually incredibly negatively impactful when it comes to child trafficking, as well as just the numbers in general when Mm -hmm. it comes to to child trafficking and how skewed they are Um, when it comes to, like, his speaking and and his output for that, for sure. So maybe we'll be doing an episode on him at some point. Oh, snap! All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and we will be back with you next week. Bye. Bye.